We often hear about servicemen and women finding God in a foxhole in times of extreme duress. But what about finding a relationship with Christ before a crisis hits? I'm Monica Kelly with Closer Look, and my guest today is Dave Eatman, the National Director of the Military Ministry of Crew. It's good to have you. Hey, it's good to be with you, Monica. Thanks so much. What is your mission at Crew Military? Crew Military really harkens back foundationally to the mission of Campus Crusade for Christ. Campus Crusade for Christ was established uh, at UCLA in 1951 by Dr. Bill Bright and his wife, Manette. And the mission of Campus Crusade ultimately has always been nothing more than the Great Commission. It's to win men and women to Jesus Christ, build them up in their faith, and send them forth to do the same thing. And so for us at the Military Ministry of Crew, that mission is the same in the context of our military. We partner regularly with chaplains across uh, our armed forces in the development of spiritual fitness and readiness of soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coast Guardsmen. And our desire is that all that we connect with, we are able to come alongside of and help them become spiritually fit and ready to serve. You have such a wide group of people and people come into the military, some of them with faith, some of them without. How do you reach these men and women? We try to do really what a lot of our chaplains do as well, and that's just provide ministry of presence. You know, the the mission of the chaplain corps, I'll speak to that for a moment because it really ties closely with how we try to serve. The mission of the chaplain corps is really kind of fourfold. It's to provide for those of like faith, to facilitate the First Amendment freedom of religion rights of those of any faith. It's to care for all and to advise the command in matters of morale, spirituality, and ethics. And so for us, we try to come alongside of chaplains to be available with that ministry of presence to all those who wear our nation's uniform. For those that are of like faith, those that share our faith in Christ, of course, we want to come alongside of them. We want to help disciple them, encourage them in their walk, help them as they face into the challenges of military life as a believer, as a follower in Christ, and then uh, help them find success in doing that. For those that might be exploring Christianity, we want to be there to help provide answers and help people understand what uh, relationship with Jesus Christ is all about. But ultimately, we just want to be a, a caring presence, a presence that brings forth the love and the hope of Jesus Christ to all those who serve. What was Bill Bright's heart regarding the military? You know, Bill Bright founded Campus Crusade, and interestingly, about so that was in 1951. In 1965, during the height of Vietnam, there was an Air Force colonel named Jack Fane, and upon returning from Vietnam, he was just really overwhelmed with a burden for the men and women that were heading off into harm's way without a relationship with Christ. Him being a believer himself, he just really carried a burden for those that he served with, and he approached Dr. Bright at that time and asked him what could be done to take what was happening on the college campus through Campus Crusade for Christ and bring it to bear in the military. And Dr. Bright, as I understand it, turned that question around and challenged him to what could he do. And so he, Colonel Jack Fain, and his wife Barbara founded the military ministry of Campus Crusade in 1965 and began to, at that time, embark on the same mission that we have today. And, and what he's kind of famous for saying, and it still kind of is the heartbeat of our ministry today, is that a man or woman in uniform, bearing arms and subject to enemy action, deserves first priority to hear the gospel of Christ at this time. And that was the the ethos that our ministry kind of was founded on and began on, and it's still what drives us even today. And such an important ministry, because I can imagine, I've never been in the military, but being separated from family, being in harm's way, you're probably subject to things like depression and substance abuse. And so I can see it is so important to hear the gospel and to have that hope. Absolutely. 
I know you serve a wide variety of service members. Let's start with how you address the spiritual needs of active duty military service members. What does that entail? Really, I'll answer this kind of from two perspectives. One is the fact of the things that we bring to bear. So we have four primary, I'll call them strategies that we kind of use as we engage the active duty guard and reserve military community. One of those is just simply what we would call religious education. That would be those that are exploring Christianity, you know, seeking to know what it's all about or those that are already followers of Christ that want to grow in their faith. And so we will partner often with either chaplains or pastors in the community to to help bring uh, Bible study resources, discipleship opportunities to bear uh, to those who are just seeking to understand Christianity or grow in their walk with Christ. Uh, another strategy we employ is around the military family. A lot of challenges in our culture across the family space. Those challenges are no different in the military, except for many times they're exacerbated by the the rigors and challenges of military family life. And so we have several small group resources. A lot of our staff will come alongside just simply as couples and mentor military couples along through challenges in their life and marriage. We offer marriage conferences and marriage events to help pour into them. So a lot of different things we have going across the family space. Kind of a third strategy is around combat trauma. Combat trauma is something that we have over the last couple of decades been growing an increasing awareness of its impact and effects. Something that's kind of, I think, always been there, but maybe in the last two to three decades, we've had more of an awareness and a strategy towards being intentional and trying to address it. And so we are doing the same thing and and trying to bring to bear Christ-centered healing resources, resources that would be focused on the power of the gospel, the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer to help uh, find hope and healing in Christ and dealing with traumatic experiences that uh, our service members often carry. And then finally, um, really, I would say ministry to women in the military community, both those that wear the uniform and those that are a part of the community in a family context. And like really with our uh, general family ministry efforts, it's a lot of one-on-one mentoring, discipleship, small group opportunities to help bring hope and encouragement to women and the unique challenges they face in the military community and conferences and things like that. So that would be what I'd say kind of our four primary strategies are. The other thing I would say here is really uh, there's really two partnership contexts in the military community. And it's really with the pastoral presence, both on base and off. Uh, The pastoral presence on base, of course, is the chaplain. And anything that we do on military installations is with the full support, sponsorship, and partnership of the chaplains that we serve alongside of. And our goal there is to seek to support his or her need as one of the community resources at their disposal. For Protestant chaplains, we try to be a force multiplier in helping those that are of a Protestant denominational background be really additional boots on the ground to help them in their mission. And then for chaplains that are of non-Protestant faith, we can come alongside of them and, and be an assistance to them as we can be utilized to help reach those under their care uh, that are of a, of a different denominational faith background than they are. So that's on base. And then off base, of course, we have our local churches and pastors. And in the in the off-base setting, we try to come alongside of churches and help them in both an educational capacity and an equipping capacity where there might be a need to help local churches that desire to reach the military members in their midst, but may need some additional support and help in doing that. And we want to make ourselves available to that end. If you've just joined us, my name is Monica Kelly with Closer Look. And my guest today is Dave Eatman. He is the National Director of the Military Ministry of Crew. Going back to ministering to families, what are some of the unique challenges that families face in the military? I just looked at this statistic uh, not that long ago. 
And currently, there, there are almost 2,000 divorces per month across the military that would be active guard reserve. And so really just an epidemic of family impact from my perspective. And best case scenario, of course, like anyone, we want to be preventative. We want to be able to come alongside of service members, men and women, as they're considering marriage and try to help mentor and equip them for just marriage in general, but also some of the challenges that they might be facing that uh, they may or may not have awareness of or may not may or may not be thinking about as they're considering marriage in a military environment. And so we do a lot of mentoring. We do a lot of equipping through small group settings. We have a few small group resources that we utilize. We end up spending a lot of time with couples in crisis. I know it's something that Laurie and I do as well. We we end up spending quite a bit of time with couples that are, you know, they've hit life head on and just try to come alongside and love them through that and help point them to Christ and, and biblical solutions for that. Another big thing that we do in the family space is through partnership with one of our sister ministries within Crew, which is Family Life. Family Life is also a part of the ministry of Crew globally. And together, uh, we try to serve with them, utilizing some of the resources that they provide for just marriage in general and contextualizing them into the military community. We also will often partner with them at their Weekend to Remember marriage conferences across the country, especially when they're happening near a military community. And if we have a team available, we'll come alongside and help them um, execute that conference, particularly providing a few specific elements to those military attendees. So collectively, we're just trying to come alongside in, in any way that we can and, and hopefully be preventative and helping military families understand some of the challenges that are coming as they are entering into marriage in a military environment, but definitely striving to be there to bring to bear the hope of Christ and biblical answers and solutions when life goes sideways. And so how do you encourage couples who are trying to navigate deployment? Yeah, that's one of the unique challenges definitely of the military environment. We have a few specific resources, Bible studies that speak to that. We have one in particular called Making Your Marriage Deployment Ready. And it's intent on that very thing, helping them navigate from a biblical perspective, what things they need to be thinking about and doing in preparation for deployment. How can they stay connected and engaged and communicating well during the deployment? And then what are effective strategies for reintegrating after they get home from deployment? And a lot of the same basic tools that are helpful and healthy and beneficial for any marriage apply, you know, like good communication and, and expectation setting and things like that. But they become that much more important when you start adding on additional stressors like deployment separation and one spouse staying home and, and taking care of the kids and effectively being a single parent for a season and then trying to re-engage when the, when the other parent comes home. And, and so, yeah, we just try to come alongside of them and, and just help them intentionally walk through what's about to take place and just stay with them all the way through that cycle until they are, they're reunited once again. I can imagine having somebody to help come alongside the couple makes a big difference. Certainly. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the challenges of military family life is your, your transient, right? You're often moving every two to three years, uh, sometimes more often. You may or may not know where you're going. You may be going somewhere you've never been before. You don't know anyone. And, and so really they're in this perpetual state of having to reestablish, establish new network, establish new community, establish new friends, establish new church. And that can be daunting, it can be tiring and exhausting. And so uh, as much as we can, we'd like to try to provide continuity through our teams at the different locations that we can kind of hand off uh, people from point A to point B. And so they know, even though they may not know the individual, they know the organization and, and know that there's someone that can can pick up where our previous team left off and help them to continue to hopefully walk well in their journey with Christ and each other. That's just such a powerful ministry to have, to have available because I can imagine the loneliness and the stress, like you said, of picking up and moving and living in an entirely new community 
can feel very overwhelming. What about combat trauma in those who suffer from PTSD? How do you help veterans or active duty service members deal with that? You know, the statistics, depending on where you get them from, average somewhere around 20 to 22 per day number of, of active duty guard, reserve, and veterans that come to a point of hopelessness where they choose to take their own life. And of course, one would be too many, but that number is, is definitely way too many. And our conviction as a ministry, or my conviction individually, is that hope and healing ultimately can be found in Christ and the power of His Spirit. And so to that end, we have developed a biblically-based Christ-centered healing resource that's called the Combat Trauma Healing Manual. It was developed several years ago by one of our staff, and it has a companion volume for the spouse titled When War Comes Home. And using that, it can be used as a workbook for someone to walk through by themselves if they're not ready to walk through that with someone else. It can be used as a one-on-one discipleship tool so that one of our team members or someone else, anyone really, can walk together with someone through that. Or it can be used in a group setting as kind of a group resource for people to process together in group. Similar to that, we are now in, in a partnership with another ministry called Reboot. Reboot is a uh, specific trauma-focused ministry that deals in all sorts of trauma, with combat trauma being one of those. And so through partnership with Reboot, we typically will pull together a group of individuals and help individuals as couples, if they're married or even have a significant other boyfriend or girlfriend, walk through as a group processing their trauma experiences together, all, again, centered in a Christ-centered approach that points them to ultimate hope and healing that we believe is essentially found in Christ and through the power of His Spirit. Have you found that it's helpful to have fellow combat veterans or active duty members sort of mentor each other? Absolutely. Particularly in our combat trauma spaces, most often our, our courses and things that we offer and facilitate are led by those who have experienced combat trauma and found hope in Christ themselves. And, and the power in that is that, of course, they, they can speak directly to it. They're not speaking to a foreign concept. They're not trying to facilitate or, you know, around something that they haven't experienced themselves. And, and I'm always reminded when I think about things like this, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I think it begins in verse 3, Paul says, Blessed be the God of all comfort who comforts us in our afflictions that we can in turn comfort those in any affliction with the comfort we ourselves have received through God. And that's a little bit of my paraphrase, but the point there being is that, you know, God often takes the pain, the experiences, the tears that we have and redeems them for the glory and allows us to pour those into others. And that is no different in the, in the experience of, of our veterans and especially our combat veterans. How can we as civilians support service members who are dealing with combat trauma? Obviously, the Christian answer is always pray, right? We can certainly pray for them. That's power in prayer and in petitioning the God of the universe. I think, you know, we can definitely in, uh, engage in intentional prayer ministry towards those that we may know of, definitely, you know, those that we're in relationship with. I think not making assumptions, you know, a lot of times people assume they know what someone's going through or assume they know how they're processing it. And and it's different for everyone who has experienced those things. You know, there's some common denominators, of course, but there's also uh, differences in how people process trauma. And so maybe not making assumptions and just being just being present, you know, to never undervalue the ministry of presence when someone is in grief or hurting or pain. And so often we feel compelled that we have to say something or we have to be able to provide an answer. But so often it's just our presence and someone knowing that, that we're there for them, we're there to listen, we're there to hear them. And then, of course, if any of your listeners are aware of someone that is carrying some of these things and, and is open to 
help, you know, our ministry always stands ready to do what we can to try to engage and, and come alongside folks and help them in an intentional way. How do people get in touch with you? Probably the easiest way is our website. It's www.crewmilitary, that's C-R-U-Military.org. And there you can find out how to contact us as well as kind of review, get a good, good overview and a feel for the different ways that we serve and the different some of the different resources that we utilize. What ways do you serve veterans? Primarily, our ministry is focused in on active guard and reserve. But having said that, you know, so often veterans kind of pop up and, and are a part of all that we do, whether that's a marriage conference, whether especially if we're dealing with combat trauma related things. And so while we don't have an intentional veteran focused ministry, we certainly never pull up short of serving veterans that the Lord places in our path. An additional thing in, in terms of those that have served kind of harkens back to what we were talking about a moment ago. And that's... Uh, uh, kind of challenging those that have served our nation to take that service to our nation and pour it into service unto the Lord. And so uh, most, I would say not all, but a great number of our team are retired or veterans themselves, uh, both staff and volunteers. And so our encouragement to veterans is maybe to discern if God's calling them to continue their service, but in terms of kind of pouring back into the military community and and help bring the, the hope of Christ to the military. So it's kind of a both and, both uh, serving them through all the ways that we've talked about, serving active duty, guard, and reserve but then also seeing if God is calling them to continue to serve through our ministry. I can imagine that would make a big difference. I was just thinking, circling back to Vietnam and when the military ministry of crews started in 1965, I can imagine a lot of those veterans, and I know this is true, came back, didn't get a hero's welcome, probably fell into despair. And so I can imagine that giving back and serving in this way has got to be so incredibly gratifying. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so thankful that we live in a time in our nation today where most are very supportive of our military. And there's so many great organizations out there that serve our vets and serve the military and specialize in different things. And, and I'm just grateful that we're at a time in our nation where we can kind of display our gratitude back to those who are serving and willing to sacrifice so much on the behalf of the American people. Absolutely. How do you train churches and ministries to come alongside of the military community? We never want to presume, right? We never want to come, you know, think that we have all the answers. And so really what we try to do is just be available as we would approach any particular church or organization in a community. We just want to take a posture of listening and hearing, you know, what are the needs? What are maybe some of the areas that they're, uh, they might be seeking greater understanding or education or resources and, and just try to come alongside and meet those where those intersect with our mission. You know, the, the military community is very, like we've already talked about before, they're very transient. And so from a church perspective, you know, here as a pastor, you have a certain subset of your members that are turning over on a regular basis as you have new people coming and then and then people leaving. You have some individuals from the military who are very open to identify that way and want that to, want to find things within a, within a church in the community that are specifically geared towards them as a member of the military. You have others who are, uh, when they take the uniform off, they, they just want to be um, you know, Joe or Mary, and they want to go and attend their worship service like everyone else in their congregation and not be singled out. And so it takes sensitivity to all that. And so it kind of takes a both-and approach as a church and a military community to know, uh, to kind of navigate through where their members of their congregation are and, and what their needs might be and how to best meet them. And so really, we just try to, when we have opportunities to partner with churches, just talk to the leadership team and the pastoral team and understand what needs they might have and how we might be able to 
to help fill those needs. How does the military ministry of crew compare to other organizations that serve military families? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, as I mentioned before, we're in a really supportive time for our military, which I'm so grateful to God for. Different organizations have their niche, they have their focus, and there's a lot of great resources and organizations out there that serve different specialty needs. For us specifically, it's spiritual fitness, it's spiritual resiliency, it's helping those that are uh, followers of Christ or interested in knowing what it means to follow Christ be successful in that in their life in the military context. And so being able to help provide discipleship and education and mentoring and encouragement to serve Christ well and walk with Christ well while in uniform. And so that's kind of our focus. And so I would say we don't, I wouldn't say we compare to others. It was just that we just have a niche of that along with a few other organizations that do something similar. And we try to just focus in on that as our lane and partner with others to to help them accomplish, you know, whatever their God's calling them to or whatever their specific focus is. If you've just joined us, I'm Monica Kelly with Closer Look. And my guest today is Dave Eatman, National Director of the Military Ministry of Crew. Now, Dave, you work closely with your wife. Tell us about that. Absolutely. Yeah, my wife, Laurie, we serve together. You know, it's different. There's a few different ministries that serve the military community, and and I don't know how many of them do it this way. I, I think ours is a little bit unique, and a lot of the roles that we have as staff with the Military Ministry of Crew, we serve in as couples. And I just think it's awesome. Number one, I get to serve alongside of my bride every day, and that's really cool that we get to do this thing together. And then, but even more than that, even more than just the cool factor, you know, God is gifts each and every one of us as Christ followers in different ways. And he equips us in different ways. And there's a lot of power and impact in being able for both of us to bring our unique and individualized skill set and perspective and giftings into a singular role and then perform it and fulfill it together. And so the way that we do that is we kind of take our our responsibility and we just kind of divide of strength. And so these are the things that you can focus on. These are my areas of strength. These are the things that I focus on. So for example, I'm more administratively gifted. And so a lot of the, the task level things are fall on my lap and my plate to do. Laurie is much more relational, uh, hospitality driven. And so a lot of uh, relational connectivity and, and engagement is kind of let out by her. And we do those things together, but each of us are taking the lead in one aspect or another. So I think it just really provides a well-rounded approach and a way to fulfill this role that we have as national director in a way that is so much more impactful and so much more effective than if it was just one of us doing it. And speaking of being relational, have you guys been able as a couple to meet some of the soldiers? Are you out there interacting with them? How has that worked? The cool thing is we started in this ministry in 2013 as volunteers. So we started as volunteer staff serving at a ministry location, engaging with young men and women on a regular basis and doing that together. We moved from that into kind of a local leader role and we're able to continue to do ministry as we helped lead a local team. And then we moved into a regional leadership role and eventually into this national role. But even in that, even with our kind of the, if you want to call it the organizational or administrative side of our role, uh, we still on a regular basis, weekly, uh, engage with members of the military community in which we live and serve, usually in kind of the marriage and family space, but sometimes on, you know, one-on-one kind of in a discipleship capacity as well. And uh, as much as we love what we do as national directors and the opportunity to, to lead our ministry nationally, our heartbeat is still to bring to bear the hope of Christ to men and women in uniform. And and so we just cherish the opportunity that we still get to do that uh, regularly as we engage with members of this military community that we live in and help them along in their journey with Christ. What has impacted you most about this journey that you've been on? I don't think there's anything to compare when 
when you have that moment of sitting across from someone who's going through something difficult, who's trying to find answers, who's trying to find hope, and trying to bring hope to them through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, and seeing the light bulb go off and seeing God moving in that moment. The great mystery to me is that God uses us frail, um, imperfect human beings to be His messengers and His hands and feet on this earth, and to see that take place in real time in someone's life. And to know that God is working through you to do that is just an amazing thing. And, and the Lord has given us so many opportunities to do that over the last several years, time and time again, to see that happen. Of course, not every person that we've engaged with, not every couple that we've engaged with has, has seen just great success. We've got plenty of stories of heartache as well. But just knowing that we can be there in that moment with someone and seeing the, the light go off, seeing them understand for the first time really what it means to be a follower of Christ, and then now being able to just engage with our teams nationally, you know, provide oversight and, and direction and strategy to, to our teams and shepherd them as they're doing the same thing. It really just brings just so much fulfillment to us. And we're just so grateful and blessed that the Lord has given us this opportunity to serve Him in this way. With your experience as national directors of the Military Ministry of Crew, do you have an idea of what it's like to be a military service member. Sure. Well, I have served and continue to serve as well myself. I served in the Marine Corps back in the 90s, and then I'm actually now in the Navy Reserve. And and so from there, I have firsthand experience at it. But I would say even in our service with crew, you know, we have had so many different interactions with every level from the brand new uh, basic trainee, just stepping into basic training, all the way up through senior level commanders and everything in between. And so being able to walk alongside of so many varied experiences and see the different challenges and pressures they face and seeing how that the answer is in Christ, no matter what they face, no matter what level they serve at, uh, it just really, I think, rounded out our perspective to see just, just how impactful the gospel of Jesus Christ is to any context, but especially the military community. Well, thank you so much for your service. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your support. And your ongoing service. That's amazing. How can people pray for members of the military and their families? First of all, of course, from our convictional perspective, we would pray that as many as would, would understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to have the help and the hope of Jesus Christ as their foundation. And that's the heartbeat of our ministry. And we want to respect where everyone who, who serves, where they are on that journey. You know, we don't try to coerce or push or force, but we want to be there to help those walk alongside that have a desire to, to explore that. So that would be first and foremost, we would say, just pray that all those that God is moving in would come to a realization of the help and hope that is found in Christ. For those that are single, I would say, you know, that in addition to having that foundation of Christ, they would embrace the excitement and adventure of military life. So often we can focus on the negative and a military career and service uh, has the potential to be a very rewarding experience, a very rich and full experience. And so oftentimes, you know, we can get so caught up in the things that are uh, not so pleasant. <laughs> For those that are married, I would say, you know, the prayer there would be to, that they would find deep relationships and community early as they move to a new community, that as husbands and wives, they could communicate well. They would find uh, ways to make the best experience possible for their children. You know, it can be very disruptive for children in a military family and, uh, and that they'd be successful in weathering the very disruptive lifestyle the military often brings. And then for those that are veterans or those that are retired, I would say that the prayer would be that they would find meaningful ways to continue to serve, whether that be with an organization like ours or, or through their local church or through either that or other organizations in the community. But 
they would continue to take that heart and desire to serve and pour it into ongoing service among the community. You mentioned earlier that you have a huge number of volunteers. If somebody's interested in volunteering, how can they do that? Yeah, so on our website, we actually have a serve page. I think the address to take you directly there would be our web address, www.crewmilitary.org slash serve. And so you could go there and kind of read a little bit about what that means to serve, how you might go to volunteer with us, and then take that first step of making contact so that someone could reach out and, and give you more information. Again, my guest today has been Dave Eatman, National Director, Military Ministry of Crew. Is there anything else you'd like to share today? If there are any members of the military community out there, families listening that need help, that need someone to come alongside them, please definitely reach out to your chaplain, reach out to your command. Or, as always, we always stand ready for you to reach out to us uh, via our website. Those members of the military community that are following after Christ and maybe have a heart for the military community themselves, or maybe they're not a member of the military and have a heart for the military community themselves and are looking for a place to serve and a way to serve, please reach out. We'd love to connect and talk to you more about what that looks like and how you might be able to come alongside us to serve those who serve. And again, your website, crewmilitary.org. Yes, ma'am. Dave Eatman, National Director, Military Ministry of Crew. Thank you, sir, very much again for your service and also for what you're doing for the gospel, to spread the good news and for our military. Thank you, Monica. It's been a pleasure being with you today and, and I just thank you for your time. With Closer Look, I'm Monica Kelly.